I think I have a bit of deja vu this morning. If you look at the worship folder, you may have deja vu as well. Uh, some reason, the uh, wrong file was brought up, and you have last week's sermon notes, which in God's providence is uh, probably saying to us, you need to remember that. But we will press on. A necessary connection with what we looked at last week. Wisdom for trials. In James' epistle, he exhorts uh, Christians who are living in distressed times to hold on to the promises of God as they are attempting to tug and pull their trials into the category of joy. That's what we looked at last week. Now, these are the words that we read from James' opening uh, paragraph. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness or perseverance. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect, mature, and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, counting our trials as a reason to rejoice, I believe, is a daily tug of war. It's like pulling a rope two steps back from the trials you're pulling over here to the category of joy. You take like two steps and then whoop, the trials pull you back maybe a step. The trials are your feelings about what you're going through, the increase of pain, suffering, problems, whatever. So there's a lot of that being expressed here in uh, James' letter to the church. Take two steps in the right way, pulling those problems into joy, and the next thing you know, you find yourself losing ground. And that's how we face the Christian life, especially when we're going through trials. And sometimes the best thing, maybe the only thing you can do, is to tie a knot at the end of the rope And just hang on for all you're worth. James himself was facing incredible difficulties and trials. And he wrote to advise fellow Christians how to see their trials through heaven's eyes. How to see ourselves, how to see what we're going through, through the eyes of God. Um, And this wisdom that... James says we're to pray for, to ask for, is needed in every generation, in our generation, and may I add, even in our church today. Now, we want to ask some questions about our trials. Questions we need to ask while we're going through these difficult things. But what do we need to know 
to go through these trials. And that is what James informs us about first. We read that the testing of our faith produces steadfastness. The capacity to remain under, to go through. So the trials do have a purpose. They teach us how to persevere. And the trials that God designs and permits to enter our lives, they do have good purposes. They're intended to drive us into the hands of our loving Heavenly Father. And we can either draw near to Him, or we can draw away from Him. And that is our choice. How do you handle your suffering? How do you handle your adversity? What do you do with those problems is our choice. Our trials, however, are intended to produce spiritual growth, to grow up. So when we persevere through our trials, James is telling you, your faith will grow. And in that way, the more pressure that you are able to patiently endure today, you will be able to bear up under even more pressure tomorrow. So what we learn today helps us to be ready for tomorrow. And this proven confidence of being able to persevere is what James would call maturity. To grow up. Now how we react to our adversity then is our choice. Either we grow bitter or, as James has said, joyful. That's what we need to know. But what do we need from the Lord to go through these trials? You know what it is? Wisdom. Boy, James is right on spot. Right on target. He's an experienced fellow sufferer. He's a realist. He's been there, done that. And he's writing wisdom that I believe he learned from his beloved brother, Jesus. The wisdom we need to have is how to persevere in our trials and count it all joy. Notice how we're connecting what we've talked about. This is where the wisdom comes in. And here's something I want you to remember. So take note of it, at least in your mind or wherever. God's wisdom is seldom a formula for getting out of our trials. Shall I repeat that again? God's wisdom is seldom a formula for getting out of our trials, but more likely it is knowing how to persevere through them for his glory. I want to explain a little bit more about that. The reason this is so important to remember is, for many, many of us, Trials last more than just a short season. 
but maybe a lifetime. That's the experience of Christians living in hostile lands. It's what a single mom is going through every day. It's what a person fighting cancer has to battle, usually every day. It's what a spouse may have to endure through a tough or bad marriage. And the list goes on and on. That's why we need, what do we need? Wisdom. Wisdom from God to persevere through our trials. I'm going to do a little bit more exploration on this because I think it's very profound. In Proverbs 2, 6 and 7, we are told the Lord does give wisdom, promises to give wisdom to those who walk uprightly, who are walking in the ways of the Lord. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth, come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. Notice the promises of God for those who are going through difficult times. God understands. He's empathetic. He's sympathetic. And he's saying, yes, and I will give you the wisdom to go through this difficult time in your life. The Lord is a ready resource of wisdom that we can and should draw upon. He has said that he is a shield, a shield that protects us as we walk through our lonely, dark trials. Don't want to take anything for granted here. We're asking a lot of questions. But by the way, that's many times how the Lord teaches is by asking questions. So what is wisdom? Wisdom is learning to see things from God's perspective and consistently applying these truths to everyday life situations. So, when we're going through trials, what is it we need? Wisdom. It's wisdom to apply what God's Word says. To take knowledge and make it practical. So wisdom is more than accumulating more and more biblical information. It's not smiling as if everything is dandy. And it's certainly not pontificating lofty spiritual platitudes. Say that quickly. It isn't sought by the man who is wise in his own eyes or a man who thinks he's got it all together. Rather, wisdom is for those who have been brokenhearted and are eager to gain God's perspective to what they're going through. If you're going through a difficult time, many times we don't know why. But we do need to ask the Lord, how am I to look at this? How am I to look at my situation? It is seeing our trials through heaven's eyes. And that's what the scriptures help us do. To look at our fix and see how God sees our situation. 
It is divine insight that helps us to think correctly and behave appropriately. That's what wisdom does. The wise, they are teachable. They are restfully available and instantly obedient. They seek godly counsel. And they're even willing to accept criticism to gain further wisdom. How wise are we? That's tough. Uh, The wise value God's truth even though they are willing to live it out for the rest of their lives, maybe not even knowing when that end will come or why they're going through it. See, that's why wisdom is so highly treasured in the Bible. The Bible says that it is far more valuable than gold and rubies. Now, James next encourages Christians who are in distress to do one thing. Pray. Come back to some very simple things, don't we? When you're going through a trial and you're trying to figure out how in the world do I pull these trials over into joy, you need wisdom. And how do we find wisdom? By praying to the Lord. This is our text. It's a link to what we've just looked at before in the verses 2 through 4. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, let me paraphrase, if any of you lacks wisdom of how to turn trials to joy, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person, that doubter, must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. I want to unpack, unpack that for us here this morning. Wisdom for trials will will be and are promised to be given to us by an infinitely wise God. So if you need wisdom and you pray for it, you're praying wisdom will come from the infinitely wise God. The Lord always, again, lately I've been able to say always, never, because it comes from the scriptures here. I love to be able to make that kind of affirmation here. The Lord always knows and chooses the best means and ways for us to accomplish his ordained purposes in our life. In other words, we think we know what's good, but he knows what is best. That's why we have to pray for wisdom. And that includes allowing adversity to enter in and to continue our lives for purposes that we have no idea. So why am I going through this? 
Why are you going through what you're going through? You may not know. Except we go back to Scripture and say, so that your faith will grow. So that you can gain wisdom. Know how to persevere. You see, the Lord delights. I mean, this is his, I don't want to overhumanize this. Our God enjoys giving us wisdom. It's not reluctant. He's going to ask, and you know what? I'd love to answer your prayer. I'll give you wisdom to persevere these trials if you will ask, if you will pray, if you will have faith in me. And where do we begin to find this wisdom? Well, certainly from an all-wise God. Listen to Proverbs 9, verse 10. This is a key to some incredible insights to wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning or the starting place of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So let's take a look at that. Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. Let's talk what that doesn't mean and then what it means. It doesn't mean that we are to have a phobic fear of divine retribution. But it means having an appropriate reverential awe of God. For who he is, what he has done, and what we believe he is going to do. You see, wisdom comes from an all-wise God. And the praise and the honor that we give him is an expression of our love and our gratitude. So when you hear the word fear, the fear is more than a psychological phobic thing. It has to do with more of our response to this great, magnificent God. It's part of praise. It's part of worship. It's part of adoration, of exalting him, of treasuring him. Therefore, and this is another important thing, pop this one out if you're kind of like, Pastor Don, he has so many of these things, like, which one should I try to remember? This is one. The greatest motivation... For personal holiness, for purity, isn't the fear of painful consequences, though they come. But what is the greatest motivation for purity? Of offending the one who infinitely loves and cares for us. That's the fear of the Lord. I fear that I will offend the one who loves me that I would do something to tarnish his name and reputation in light of all that he has done for me. And why must the fear of the Lord precede wisdom? That's because wisdom comes from a personal relationship with the Holy One. And who is the Holy One? Jesus Christ. He's called the Holy One of Israel. So, 
finding wisdom is more than information. It's about a person. That's the place this all begins. You want to know how to walk through this trial you're going through? You want to know where in the world am I going to find strength to go through what I'm going through? It begins with Christ. That's an OT, Old Testament concept. But it applies certainly in the New Testament. So if you're going through a dark and difficult time in your life today, if you want to find the wisdom to know how to go through this difficult time in your life, the first place, the place to begin is your relationship with Christ. That's the knowledge we need. And as our trust in Him grows, our understanding of His purposes for our trials will grow. The more we understand who He is, the more we'll appreciate for what He's done. You'll learn how to trust Him. You'll learn how to rest through your trials. If you're distant from Him through your trials, you will question Him. You'll question His motivations. Either he's not strong enough or he doesn't care enough. So our trust in him grows as our understanding and knowledge of Christ grows. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1.30 that Christ Jesus became for us wisdom from God. God's infinite wisdom was to send his son. Paul suggests the same thing. He's suggesting that this wisdom from God, who is Christ, is like the treasure house of God's riches. In him, that is in Christ, are all the riches of a full assurance and understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. In whom are the hidden, all the treasures of the wisdom and knowledge. If you need knowledge, you'll find it in God's word. If you want wisdom, you'll find it by going to Christ. Now this may sound so simplistic, but it's so profound. May I add that many times while we're going through our difficulties, the last place we go is to the Lord. Wisdom is valued above all earthly treasures and pleasures. Knowing him is much better, says the scriptures, than having a treasure chest full of gold and silver. You want to become rich? Know Christ. If you need wisdom, go to the treasure house. Go to the treasure chest and it is Christ. Wisdom is God's gift to us, and it is a person. It's a relationship. That's the beginning of the wisdom we need to go through our most difficult days. Let's press on. James further promises that wisdom for trial are given to all who ask, not just a few special super saints 
but for all of us. God gives generously to all who ask. When we pray for wisdom, what are we to count on? It will be given. And it will be given bountifully, generously. Scripture so got so many things like this to encourage us with. Paul writes in Philippians 4. And my God will supply every need of yours, and we could put in their wisdom, according to his riches in glory, which is in Christ Jesus again. The treasure is Christ, and from that treasure will come all that we need to go through our trials. He will provide whatever we need to accomplish whatever he's called us to do or be. He will not call you to something. He will not call you to become something without giving you the resources to accomplish that. And this wisdom that he offers us is more than knowing how to navigate around and through our trials. Rather, it is wisdom that transforms us from the inside out so that even our motivations and attitudes can glorify Christ in our adversity. This is what James is going to later talk about and we hope to get there. The wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. That's the kind of wisdom we need to go through these difficult things. We'll talk more about that later. What a wonderful passage of scripture that is. But the wisdom he's given us is Christ. And when we come to Christ and ask for his strength, his grace and mercy to go through it, then we begin to see how that will play out in our life. Purity, to be at peace, to be gentle, to be open, to have mercy, and to have good fruits, to be impartial, and to be sincere. Sincerity means without wax. It's mean being open. And God gives us wisdom generously, but I'm so glad James put this in there. Without reproach. He is never reluctant. Or hesitant to grant us wisdom. The child of God never has to bargain. Or barter for God's wisdom. Many times I hear Christians pray. As if they have to convince God. Or inform God. Lord you don't know what I'm going through. But I'm going to let you know. Oh, really? I'm telling you what I need to do. I'm going to tear down the walls of heaven till I get what I'm praying for. I don't believe in that stuff. Now, that may preach well, but not for me. Mine is, ideas, the doors are open. (laughs) The veil has been separated. Come on in. Let's talk. 
Our Heavenly Father never gets impatient, never gets testy, never gets annoyed with us if we have to keep coming back for more wisdom. Now, I get upset with myself. I'm thinking, you know, I was just here the other day and I asked for wisdom to get through this and now I'm back again today because what I went through yesterday means that I haven't gotten through this trial yet. I got to come back for more. The Lord is never saying, I told you that yesterday. So how does he greet you? Yep, I know you'd be back. (laughs) Glad you're back. Let me give you the wisdom for today. So when he... We come to him in Jesus' name. He will hear a prayer. That's where this assurance and confidence comes from. This is what Jesus, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. Are you asking for wisdom? I will do. That the Father may be glorified and in the Son. And if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. This is the confidence that we need to have when we've lost confidence. This is the kind of assurance we need to have when we're going through very uncertain days. That God hears our prayers, that he cares about us, and he's going to offer us the wisdom that we need. Our relationship with our Heavenly Father is so strong, it is so secure, that he will always give us what is best. Even when we don't know, what we should pray for. Jesus said, I tell you, ask or pray, and it will be given to you, like wisdom. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. Now a wonderful rhetorical question. What father among you, if his father asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent, a rattlesnake? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. My friend, this is another one of those affirmations that you can count on. When you're going through your difficult time and you're saying, Father, I need wisdom, I can tell you what he's going to give you to start with. The Holy Spirit. That's the first thing he's going to say. You got him. He's there. Our Father delights to give us good things. But His greatest delight and gift to us in our trials is Himself, the Holy Spirit. He's the one who gives, given to us, who comes alongside us, who stands with us, who guides us and leads us through our stormy nights. And when we pray in our trials for wisdom, the Lord is there and He promises to give you His comforter, who is the Holy Spirit. Wisdom for trials is given to those who ask. And in this, he adds, in faith. He says, 
You do not have because you do not ask in James 4. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Sometimes in our trials, we distance ourselves from God. Um, It's sort of like, uh, okay, I'm not going to pray. I prayed, didn't get what I wanted. So I'm going to do a little pout, a little protest, and I just won't pray because it doesn't do any good. We protest because he didn't deliver us immediately out of our trial. But when is the time you need to pray? Well, in trials. And here's something as well, when you don't feel like it. (laughs) That's when you need to pray the most. I just don't feel like it. I don't feel like I connect to the Lord. I feel a little distant from That's the time to get on your knees. That's the time to seek the Lord. That's the time to break through what's happening in your life. Your trials are not working. Your trials are not producing joy. They're not producing intimacy with the Holy One of Israel. This is what James is talking about here. So, when we pray, ask in faith. Ask in faith for wisdom. Ask in faith for wisdom with all of your heart. Cold half-hearted meanderings don't cut it with God when we pray. And you know what? Trials tend to heighten our intensity of prayer. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding of what's going on. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Sometimes the wisdom we need is how to turn away from the evil that's testing us and tempting us. We are to pour out our hearts to the Lord. All of it. Confess it. Let it go. Don't pretend. Don't hold back. Don't be holding back with restraint what you're really thinking and what you, how you feel. Don't be embarrassed to be transparent with your God. That's what the Lord's speaking about here in You shall love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Don't come half-heartedly to the Lord. We are to ask without doubt. And here's the part of application here. Ask without doubt, believing that God has heard and he's answered our request even though we don't see an immediate answer. When you pray, don't doubt, 
that God heard it and he answered your prayer, even though you don't know when he's going to answer it or even how he's going to answer it. You have to believe that he heard your prayer and that when he heard your prayer, he has your best in mind. Once we have prayed for wisdom, brothers and sisters, that's when we need to press on. Press on through the life you've been given by faith, believing he will reveal the answer to our prayer in his time and in his way. When we pray doubting God, we are, what James says, double-minded. Here's what a double-minded man thinks. If God is in control of everything, if he's sovereign, then why does my life look like it's chaotic? Why does my life seem to be out of control? It's also like saying to God, I, I keep asking you to remove this problem in my life, but you never seem to answer my prayer, so what good are my prayers? That's a double-minded person. It's like a sick person who goes to a trained medical doctor for advice. And when the doctor gives his diagnosis and the patient doesn't like what he hears, he goes away looking for advice from an untrained neighbor who read an obscure, unprofessional medical article on Facebook. You're laughing because you know that happens. There's a remedy for everything, uh, at least on the internet. If we ask our great physician for wisdom from his word, then accept it and don't keep looking for an easier answer or an easier solution. Or looking for someone else to tell you what you want to hear and not what you need to hear. We are to ask God for wisdom, believing that he answers our prayers for our good. If he doesn't deliver us from our trial when we pray, it doesn't mean he didn't hear our prayer. Now this is a tough one-liner. By the way, do you know who I'm preaching to today? Moi. I haven't got this thing nailed, my friends. I've been pulling on my trials, trying to get them over in joy. And every time I do that, I keep losing ground. And I need to pray without doubt. That's where the joy begins to enter in. So I want you to hear this. When you pray and he doesn't seem to answer, it doesn't mean that he didn't hear your prayer. What it may mean is, this is the tough part, it may mean that we need to accept our trial as part of God's providence and start praying for joy to persevere through our difficult circumstances. That's a tough one. What I'm saying this morning is not the prosperity gospel. You're not going to hear this on a televangelist program. Sometimes we have to accept God's providence includes our trial. If we doubt God's love and grace, we can't expect him 
to answer our prayer. We can't expect to receive anything from him, is what we're told. A doubter in the midst of a trial is like a drunken seasick sailor being tossed to and from on the deck of a ship in the midst of a storm. That's what James is alluding to. And those who seek God's wisdom, they need to do what? If you've been on a fishing boat or before and you get a little woozy, what do they tell you to do? Look at the horizon. It remains straight. Get your perspective right. Keep your perspective on what is stable. Those who seek God's wisdom need to keep their eyes on the horizon. Not just their circumstances. That's where we are going to find the the steady, unbendable, unchanging promises of God through our most difficult time. So here we are. James, you've told us to count our trials as joy because we'll know that somehow this testing is going to make us stronger, make us more mature. But how do I find the ability to go through that? How do I fight off the trials, the temptations, my feelings? Wisdom. Wisdom from God. If we pray, you will receive it. And the treasure of God's riches of wisdom is Christ. We need to see ourselves today, whatever you're going through, whatever we are going through as a church, whatever we're going through as a nation, whatever's happening in the world, how are we to look at it? Through heaven's eyes. Who's sovereign? The Lord. He uses adversity, he uses trial, he even used sin to accomplish his good purposes. He's not the author of sin, but can even use what was intended for evil to bring about good. If you have a question about that, read the story of Joseph in Genesis. This is the kind of wisdom that we need today, right here and now. Now as we prepare... For the Lord's Supper. Let's consider the wisdom of God. The bread and the cup. That are set before us. Enables us to see the wisdom of God. This is the wisdom of God. We are able to see through heaven's eyes. Christ. And his love for us. First Corinthians 1 speaks to us here this morning. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks, Gentiles, they seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and a folly to Gentiles. 
but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. This is the wisdom of God. Now those who have placed their faith in Christ alone, believing in his death, his burial and resurrection, you are welcome, you are encouraged. You're invited to come to the Lord's table and to take of the bread and the cup. But before you come, please ponder for a moment the wisdom of God. Examine yourself to see if there is sin in your life that needs to be repented of. If you repent, if you confess your sins, you shall be forgiven. So confess your sins. Now if you were here this morning, there could always be someone who's never repented of their sin and claimed the merit or the grace of Jesus Christ. Then you are given two options. One is to let the bread and the cup remain here and don't come. And we will not judge you. Be better for you that you did not. But I have a second option, which is far better than the first one. If you've never come to Christ with all of your sin, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord will what? Be saved. What a burden to carry all that stuff around and you don't need to. Repent of your sin. Receive the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, I don't necessarily want you to run down the aisle. But when we come to the table, you walk with confidence. Christ forgave me. His grace is sufficient. I'm a child of God now. Come and take to the table. And as all of you come, come to the middle. Take the bread and the cup which will be given to you. And then if you would go to the right or to the left as you go back to your, your, your seat. We will wait till all have been served. And then we will take this meal together. If you are here and you prefer that you take the bread and the cup in where you are for physical reasons or for whatever reason, please just raise your hand and one of these men will gladly bring the bread and the cup to you. So let's pray. If you're bearing a burden, it's overwhelming. You need the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God is Christ. Father, we are here this morning in need of wisdom. We need the wisdom that came from you. We need the wisdom who is Christ our Lord and our Savior. We are here at this table this morning because you said it.
This was set before us from the beginning of time. The bread and the cup, a visible expression of your divine wisdom for sinners like us. If there are those here this morning who are going through a rather dark, difficult time in their life, Father, may the wisdom that comes from knowing Christ comfort them, encourage them, helping them to rest, to be available to whatever you choose to do. Help us all to learn how to persevere through life's difficulties. Father, as we take of the bread and the cup, we do so with gratitude. Gratitude for Christ, for your love that sent him, and for your Holy Spirit who applies your love and grace to each of us. Bless now our time together. Hear the prayers of your people. Answer them according to your will. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.